What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anika, the not-so-typical chiropractor, and today we're talking about piriformis syndrome. We're going to be talking about what exactly piriformis syndrome is, what the piriformis is, and also, of course, I'm going to give you some things that you can do and what you can start doing about this if you are someone who's experiencing piriformis syndrome. All right, so let's get started. First off, piriformis syndrome typically comes up in a person as some type of pain in their back, butt, or even going down their thigh that can sometimes resemble sciatica. So this pain or tingling going down the leg, and it can cause some irritation to the nerve. The sciatic nerve that we hear so much about runs underneath or for a certain number of people in our population actually runs through the piriformis muscle. So when we are having tightness or tension in that piriformis muscle, it can actually cause a compressive injury. So be putting some type of compression or pinching of the nerve on that, on that sciatic nerve. Hence the term piriformis syndrome. Now, the piriformis is a small muscle, but it gets a lot of rap. It's one of the small muscles that is a hip external rotator. So think about when we are driving. We use that right leg to go back and forth between the brake and the gas. Going from the brake to the gas is an external rotation movement. If you're a person that you look down in your feet and you notice that one leg is turned out more, those toes or feet are turned outward, that is a sign that you're having some type of hip external rotation, okay, happening. Now, that piriformis is one of those muscles that does that, but we also have other hip external rotators like our quadratus femoris, our gemella, our obturatus internus, just to name a few, try not to nerd out too much, but all these muscles are involved along with our deep glute muscles in order to help create hip external rotation. Now, If you're someone who notices that your feet turn out more when you squat or that maybe you have um, a foot that just naturally turns out more when you're walking, so you're seeing that you have some type of hip external rotation um, on one side more than the other, we really need to take a step back and really figure out the root cause and why do we feel that that hip external rotator, that piriformis or other ones involved needs to activate or engage more than just our glute muscles, than our back, than our hip. Most of the time what I see is that when someone experiences some type of, um, you know, that sciatic feeling, that tingling on down the back of their thigh, or maybe they've been told that they have piriformis syndrome, one of the first things they want to do is they want to take a lacrosse ball or a foam roller and they want to dig into that nerve. They want to dig into that muscle. But as we mentioned before, if what's causing our sciatic nerve symptoms or that tingling down the leg is a compression or a pinched Um, factor happening on our sciatic nerve, why would we want to pinch or push or dig more into something that's already being compressed? These are situations where maybe stretching and lengthening out that muscle may help. This is where things like, I'll get into a little bit more, but things like flossing, where we try to move that nerve and glide it through its pathway may help more. 
And this is also where things like decompression therapy, which some of you may know as cupping, which is where we lift up that top layer of skin and get more blood flow to that area. Tight muscles love blood flow. And then when we couple that with movement, specific movement that is geared towards lengthening or stretching out that piriformis, then that is definitely one way that we can get more blood flow to that area, relieve some tension in that piriformis, and hopefully relieve some tension that it is putting on that sciatic nerve. Now, a couple of things that may cause or can lead to you experiencing something like piriformis syndrome. One thing is chronically sitting. If you sit a lot at your work, if you drive a lot in the car, you spend a lot of time on the road, we are using less and less of our glutes. And so our piriformis or other hip external rotators feel like they have to pick up the slack. So if you're a person who sits a lot, if you're a person that you notice you're having some hip pain, back pain, and we really haven't done anything about it. When, it, when we think about piriformis syndrome, we talked about how it obviously involves a piriformis, which is that small muscle, but everything is connected. And one reason why I'm so big on addressing and um, assessing other parts of the body is because there could be a reason above or below why that piriformis feels like it needs to overexert itself, why it feels like it needs to join the party a bit more. Earlier, we mentioned about walking. We mentioned about feet turning out a little bit when you squat. Our feet have a connection to our hip, all right? It has a connection to our hip external rotators. We talked a little bit earlier about if you're driving in a car and you're moving your foot from that brake to that gas, that is the motion of an external rotator, all right? So if we're constantly doing that motion over and over again, if we're constantly sitting in that position, then our piriformis tightens up, it shortens, and it gets weak. And that can lead to us walking more with the externally rotated leg or externally rotated foot. We need to pay attention to what our feet are doing. If our feet are not firmly planted or we're not using the tripod that we hear so much about, then that can lead to us trying to create some stability in different places, all right? I.e., maybe because we're not using and engaging our entire lower limb from our foot up, our hip external rotators, our piriformis, feels like it has to pick up the slack. So... If you are someone who notices that you're having some tension in that glute area, that hip, that um, piriformis area, if you're someone who noticed that you experience any type of plantar fasciitis, that your feet roll out, that maybe you have more pronation or supination when it comes to how you walk or run because you notice the tread or the wear and tear on your shoes, then these are things that maybe you need to address that can help relieve some pressure or some tension off of that sciatic nerve via your piriformis. Not only are we looking at the feet, but also we have to think about how our piriformis, our hip muscles, attach to our core. How we're breathing. Are we using our diaphragm? Are we able to correctly pressurize our system in that trunk? When we're not able to breathe correctly with our diaphragm, when we're not able to create that 360 degree breath, it has to pick up the slack from somewhere. All right? So, when we're not bracing properly, that means we can't create as much core stability as we want. That means our low back can't be as stable as we need it to. And therefore, it tries to pick up mobility from somewhere else. All right. So then our hips pick it up. Our hips get stiff trying to create stability. Specifically, our hips get stiff and maybe it gets tight or I don't want to say stuck or um, tight or shortened in that more external rotated position because our piriformis is so tight. And when something's tight, it also means weak. So 
lot just stretching out is going to help it. Once we stretch it out and we lengthen it, we have to address it by providing some type of strengthening, some type of exercises to help control the load through that muscle and to help that hip knows that it can go in other positions and other ranges of motion besides external rotation. So we talked about what piriformis syndrome is. We talked about what the piriformis does and how it can affect other parts of our body. And now I want to dive a little bit more into what you can do for piriformis syndrome and ways that you can start addressing it. So for one, we talked a little bit about stretching, making sure that we are lengthening the piriformis muscle. Now, I know you guys are probably familiar with that figure four stretch, which is totally works fine. But one of my favorite ways to lengthen out hip external rotators is the 90-90 position. Make, remember that I'm going to tag these videos in the episode notes so you can have everything that you need. But one of my favorite positions is the 90-90 position. It allows us to work on both hips at the same time. But specifically, it allows us to do different things from that position, whether we want to lean forward and get a little, a even more stretch in our hip. Maybe we want to open our leg to get an even more engagement of the hip external rotators. There's so many things we can do from this 90-90 position. So that's one of my movements that I would suggest to help lengthen out that piriformis. Next, we talked about feet, all right? One of the biggest things I want to be more specific when it comes to feet is, yes, we can take a lacrosse ball and roll out the bottom of our feet, get things moving, but the biggest thing is, is making sure that you have your tripod, which is the base underneath your big toe, underneath your piggy toe, and then underneath our heel. These three places, these three points at the bottom of our foot create our tripod, which we're meant to balance our body on. We need to be able to contact those three points to the ground and be able to corkscrew our feet into the ground in order to have our knees faced out outward so that we're actually engaging our glute muscles, specifically our glute meds and other things like that. So I want to tag a video um, at the bottom of the episode notes that talks about how we can start training that tripod foot, all right? It's getting better with keeping our feet on the ground, not scrunching up our toes and being able to engage all the way through from the ground. Next, we talked a little bit about breathing. We need to be able to brace our core. I'm going to tag a video that teaches us how to include a band when we're training our core and how to create that 360 degree breath. Training your core, being able to breathe, being able to brace and still hold a conversation. These are things that are important and how they show up in other parts of your body. So if you're able to breathe and brace properly, then we'll be able to lengthen the muscles we need to lengthen and strengthen the muscles that we need to strengthen. Next, I talked a little bit about flossing. Flossing, specifically nerve flossing, is when we're taking a nerve and trying to glide it through its pathway, okay? Every nerve has a specific pathway that it follows. Specifically, in this case, we're referring to the sciatic nerve. This nerve starts from nerve roots in our low back, comes down to make that big sciatic nerve that comes through our glue underneath or through, depending who you are, our piriformis, and goes all the way down into our toes. So, Using this movement, this nerve floss, this is one way that we can get that nerve to slide and glide on this pathway to just relieve some neural tension that we may have. And I will tag that in our episode notes. Last but not least, um, we talked a little bit about that figure four and how I like to use the 90-90. But we also have to talk about how we are going to engage those muscles in the back, okay? So one of the ways that I like to engage them is specifically a side plank with a clamshell, 
okay? This way, we get a little bit of core action, which we talked about, but we also get an engagement of our hip external rotators as we have to open up our hips and hold them there. So I want to make sure that when you are doing this movement, that you have a band that we focus on how long we can hold some more tempo than we do reps. So adding in a little twofer with some glute work, external hip external rotator work, as well as some core work. All these movements I provided for you are ones that hit different parts of your body that can all address that piriformis syndrome, all right? If you try these out, I want to know which ones work best for you. The thing about it is there's not one size fits all when it comes to resolving your piriformis pain syndrome or any of that sciatic type stuff you are feeling. Everybody's different and everyone has different reasons why they have these issues in the first place. So all these are general things. Try this movement, see what create changes for you and stick with that. This month, we're coming up at the end of March, which is Friends and Family Month. We have about a handful of spots left for a discount and rate for a new patient evaluation. If you are someone who's maybe experiencing this piriformis syndrome, any type of sciatic type feeling, tingling going down your leg, things that you are ready to resolve, then this month is the perfect month for you. Click the link in the bio or in the episode notes and grab a spot for that discount and rate of $100 off your new patient evaluation, Okay. As always, I hope you found this episode super valuable. I hope that you are taking some of these movements and adding it into your movement routine, all right? If you have any questions, my DMs are always open. Make sure you slide into them at Resilient Spine on IG and ask anything you might have. As always, my goal is to help you move better, feel better, and be resilient. I holler at y'all on the next episode.